Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Student of the Gun University, a place for education and enlightenment. We help you gain a new perspective and understanding of firearms training. Your teacher today will be Professor Paul Markle, a veteran small arms and tactics instructor with 30 years of knowledge and experience. Grab your number two pencil, turn to page one, and let the learning begin. All right, thank you for that wonderful introduction there, Johnny. Let's talk about operational fitness. Yes, indeed. You're like, what the heck is that? What is operational fitness? You think I'm supposed to be like a Navy SEAL or a Green Beret or what are you trying to say? No, what does your, what I wanted to talk about today is what does your instructor expect from you? Your small arms and tactics instructor, that's what I am. What can they reasonably expect from you when you show up to one of their classes? You know, do they expect you to be able to run, you know, five miles without stopping and do, uh, you need to do 50 push-ups and run five miles and do 20 pull-ups and 100 sit-ups and planking and, you know, all this stuff. Like, yeah. Some of you are like, well, yeah, I, I went to this one school where this dude made us, he made us do push-ups and, and made us do this and that. What standard or level of fitness or strength should your small arms and tactics instructor expect from you? Well, it's going to be uh, class dependent. You know, it's going to be class dependent. Number one, if you're going to a, let's say, a two-day handgun class, defensive handgun class, if you're going to a fighting handgun class or a martial application of the pistol class, that's what we do, the MAP class, what does your instructor have the right to expect from you, right? What should they expect from you and what do they expect from you? Well, number one, you're going to be on your feet a lot. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be standing for eight hours without ever having an opportunity to sit, but at the same time, you are going to be, you know, especially if you're on the range, you're going to be on the on your feet a lot. You need to be able to do that. You know, if you need to sit down every hour or every 45 minutes or whatever, um, either you have a physical infirmity, infirmer, infirmity, or or you need to get some 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 fitness into your body. When it comes to operating the equipment, running the equipment, let's say you show up with whatever, um, uh, a, a Glock 19 or a Canic TP9 or a fill in the blank, right? If you show up with a semi-automatic pistol that has a reciprocating slide, you know, the, the way that that slide goes when, you, when you're loading it and clearing it and, and, you know, clearing stoppages, doing the loading procedure, you need to be able to grab the slide and pull that sucker back all the way until, you, you know, until the recoil spring reaches full compression and then you let it go. You need to have the physical hand strength to hold the gun steady. Yes, you need to hold the gun steady. I know this is crazy to you guys, but in order to make the bullets hit where you want them to hit, the gun has to be held steady and motionless for that fraction of a second that it takes for the cartridge to ignite. Right? Now, that's that's a really short span of time, but it's a very important span of time. If the barrel is moving, if the muzzle is moving at the point of ignition, at the moment of ignition, 
the bullet's not going to go where you wanted it to go, right? So you need to have enough upper body strength, hand strength, forearm strength, and grip strength to hold the gun still, right? You need to have enough strength to pull the slide back a lot, like not once, but a hundred times or more. Uh, I actually went to the range uh, to help a woman shoot. This is years ago. And she had a Ruger SP-101 pistol. It was a, a revolver. She had the Ruger, I think it's SP-101. Uh, but my point is that it was that trigger, what, the double action trigger on this thing was so heavy that she was having a hard time you know, get it. she was straining to get the trigger to pull. Straining because it the these for a long time. I don't know if they still do. I haven't I haven't touched a new Ruger pistol in a while, but for the longest time, uh, Ruger triggers were designed by lawyers. They were designed by attorneys, and uh, from an attorney's standpoint, uh, the heavier the better, right? And uh, this woman. She had an SP-101 revolver, and that trigger was so, the double action trigger was so heavy that uh, she was struggling. And so what I ended up doing was taking a, uh, the, the Ruger LCR, which has a completely different trigger design than the SP-101, and let her shoot that. And she's like, oh, this is way better. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. Uh, physical strength. The physical strength to... Press the double action trigger on one of these one of these monster revolvers, uh, and if you can't do it, well, either one of two things. You know, this this woman was she was probably sixty years old uh, when I was training her, and she'd been keeping this gun loaded on her bedside table just in case the boogeyman came. And I was like, it's a good thing the boogeyman didn't come because, um, yeah, she she was struggling to do it, and we need to understand that. Now, I'm not saying that people don't have physical limitations. There, there's a difference between a genuine physical limitation and you being lazy. Uh, there's, a genuine, <laughs> there's a difference between a genuine, real physical infirmity and you just de- having decided 20 years ago that you don't care about your health or fitness anymore and you're just going to eat Doritos and French fries and, you know, drink 42 ounce sodas from the gas station and you don't care what Paul Markle thinks. I'm like, well, that's cool. You don't have to care what I think, but here's the deal. When you come to a class, whether it's me or anybody else, when you come to a class, I expect that you're going to be on the line, standing up and ready to perform the task that I give you. And if that task is launching bullets, if that task is kneeling down behind a barricade, if that task is laying on the ground, supine prone or you know fetal prone or whatever, uh, I expect that you're going to be able to do that. Uh, with our rifle classes, our rifle classes, uh, most of the time you're prone. The majority of the time you're prone. Sometimes you're sitting, sometimes you're kneeling. Uh, but if you've got a big old spare tire around your your midsection there, and uh, and you lay on the ground and you are very uncomfortable because you're laying on all that extra weight. Uh, and it, well, that's you, that's on you, bro. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Operational fitness. What, what does your instructor 
genuinely have the right to expect from you? What do they expect from you? You know, when you go to a basic fighting handgun class, they don't expect you. It, it's not, you know, Marine Corps recon in dock. Uh, it's not the Special Forces Q course uh, or BUDS or whatever you want to call it. But you do need to be able to stand on your two feet for a while, you know, walking back and forth, standing up, uh, working the, you know, making the gun run. You might have to get down and you're like, oh, you don't understand my knees, blah, 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 or this and my, my, you know, oh man, if I hear, I am, I am over, I am north of 50 right now. I'm, I'm actually farther north of 50. I'm closer to 60 than I am to 50 right now. And when I hear people younger than me say, oh, you don't understand. I can't like, what do you mean? You can't, you can't because you know, what, what happened to you? Were you in an accident? Were you in a car crash? Did your legs get crushed and broken? What what happened to you? And if you don't have anything discernible, if what happened to you was you just decided that you didn't care anymore uh, after you were 25, if that's what happened to you, that's you. That's a you problem. That's not a me problem. And here's the deal. When you go to a firearms training class, you're not the only one there. There may be 10 other people there, 12, 15, 20 other people there. And those other 20 people aren't going to wait and stop while you fix yourself, while you decide, oh, you can't, you need a rest. You need to sit down. You, you can't do this. You can't do that. That's a you problem. That's not a me problem. Now, does this fitness level, does your fitness level affect your training experience? Absolutely. Your fitness level will absolutely affect your training experience. If you get there and you go to, you know, if uh, by day two, you're just too tired, your arms are too tired, your hands are too tired, you're this, you know, that, you don't want to stand on, you know, stand up anymore. Uh, if you're focusing on your body aching or whatever, you're not focused on learning. Your focus is not on learning and the experience. So the, you know, my, my good friend, Matt Reynolds said this to me six, seven years ago. Um, and he's been saying it for longer than that, but strength makes everything better. Strength makes your shooting better. It makes your fitness, your, your, I'm sorry, your training better. Strength makes everything better. It doesn't make it worse. <laughs> You're like, well, duh. Well, I know it's or duh, but we say that, but then, you know, we, we, get all twisted around the axle like, well, I don't know if I have to do that. I don't know if I need to do that. Well, here's what you need to do. You need to understand that the that no matter how much you spent on the gun, it's you that is the operating system. You know, when it comes to operational fitness, you know, if you go to a rifle class, let's say you go to a fighting rifle class, not a, not a prone rifle class, but if you go to a prone rifle class or you go to a precision rifle class, you've got to carry the gun. You know, a lot of people show up to the precision rifle class and they've got these really super cool, expensive, tricked out guns that weigh 18 pounds. Like that's cool. But you, you have to hold up and carry that 18 pound gun. You know, uh, we don't, we very rarely shoot off of benches. Most of the time it's either prone or it's kneeling or it's sitting or it's something, you know, an unusual position and you've got to be able to carry the equipment. Yeah. Uh, Nobody's going to carry it for you. 
Nobody's going to carry the ammo for you. Nobody's going to carry the rifle for you. If you go to a fighting rifle class and you take an AR or an AK or a SCAR heavy or whatever, you got to hold on to that thing. You got to carry it. You got to lift it up. You got to make it work. You need to have the upper body strength, the grip strength, and the arm strength to run the equipment, to run the gun. That's on you. The instructor can't do it for you, and he's not going to do it for you. So um, this is my, my advice to you. You know, one thing that people, they make the mistake of, they book a training class. They'll book a training class, whether it's a pistol class, rifle class, whatever. They'll book a class, and then they'll say to themselves, mm, before I go to that school, before I go to that training school, I need to go out to the range and practice so I'm good before I get there. Eh, wrong answer. It's not what you need to do, uh, especially if you've never trained. If you've never been to real, legitimate, organized training, if it's just been you and your bros going out and shooting at the range or whatever, what you don't need to do is you don't need to go fire 500 rounds and ingrain a bunch of bad habits. You don't need to go ahead. You don't need to develop training scars. What you do need to do is you need to examine, let's say you're three months out from your fighting rifle class, or you're three months out from your martial application of the pistol class, your map class, or your MAR class, right? Uh, you got three months before you're going to travel to a firearms training school. What should you do in the interim? Should you go to the range and try and teach yourself how to shoot so you don't look bad when you get to the school? No. No, that's not what you should do. What you should do is you should examine, you know, your real legitimate fitness level. You should examine, you should get on a scale. You should, and, well, scales lie and mirrors lie. Mirrors lie? Yeah, mirrors are liars. And scales can be liars too. But you know what doesn't lie? The barbell. The barbell does not lie. And if you have a weight belt, not a Velcro piece of garbage, but if you have an actual genuine leather weight belt, the belt doesn't lie either. The belt doesn't lie and the barbell doesn't lie. As a matter of fact, the barbell speaketh the truth. And the barbell speaketh the truth. The, the, all those other machines at your gym, the ones with the cables and the pulleys and stuff, eh, they're not really that, they're not super honest. But the barbell is a truth speaker. And, the, and your weight belt is a truth speaker. The, uh, the, the mirror will lie to you. The mirror will lie to you. Now, can you be heavy and strong? Yes, you can be heavy and strong. Can you be heavy and weak? Yes, you can be heavy and weak. Um, can you be less heavy and still be strong? Yes, you can be less heavy and still be strong. So before you go to a class, instead of going to the range and trying to train yourself, instead, consider your fitness level. Spend the time, instead of going to the range and developing, you know, terrible training scars, go to the gym or go outside and walk around. Get some comfortable shoes and go walk a lot, uh, you know, or go pick up a barbell and make your grip stronger and your arm strength stronger and your, your upper body strength stronger and your, you know, your core strength and, you know, all that. Do that. Operational fitness, you know, because at the end of the day, it's, it's you, it's you. You can't buy enough. You can't buy enough Gucci guns or competition match grade barrels or match triggers to make up for a 
poorly functioning operating system. Yeah. There you go. You're like, oh, you just poured cold water on my face. Sorry. <laughs> go to SOTGU.com and sign up for one of our training classes. And go to www.studentofthegun.com.com slash culture. <laughs> I just messed it. I'm not going to redo that. Go to the links in the show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for being here. I truly appreciate it. Go out and make yourself more fit. Remember, you're a beginner once, a student for life. Thanks for joining us today. We are big fans of the value for value model. Please go to SOTGU.com to contribute the amount that best fits the value that you got out of this lesson. It could be $5 or $5 million. By contributing, you will help the show grow and assist in the education of your peers. And remember, you are a beginner once, a student for life.